Hey everybody, it is so good to have you with us today as we dive into God's Word. And I'm excited about what He's put in my heart. And and sometimes when you want to... Uh, share something. You can't put words to what you're feeling. I feel that so often when I'm preaching uh, from God's Word. But we're going to be talking today about moving and developing ourselves in the spirituals, in, 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 the, in, in the spirit realm, not just the gifts of the spirit. Uh, but so many people, as I travel around the world, have denominations that used to be excited about the moving of Holy Spirit have relegated him out uh, in every area. And I find very few churches and moves of God where Holy Spirit isn't just sitting in a chair attending, but he's actually moving through uh, people doing incredible things. And that's what I want to talk about today. Holy Spirit wasn't designed to just be there to help you with your emotional lows and pick you up. Up, though he does that, he's our comforter. But the Holy Spirit is here when you know when Jesus was talking, and of course, Jesus was filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon him in the form of a dove when he was baptized in the Jordan River. And from that point and on, Jesus began to do miracles, which really shows us if Jesus, the Son of God, didn't do a miracle until Holy Spirit came upon him. And, you know, he was baptized. And if you know the story, that this dove, in the form of a dove, uh, you know, just descended on Jesus. And from that day forward, he did miracles. And I discovered in my life that when I was filled with the Spirit and began to pray in that heavenly language, from that point and on, I began to see the, the gifts of Holy Spirit in operation. Something changed in me. There was a passion. There was a, uh, a desire to be like Jesus. You you know, when I look back at my life, and, and I'm not perfect for sure, but I'm telling you, as a teenager, I could have been so messed up. Uh, but man, there's a ton of things I just refused to do because I knew it wouldn't please Jesus. And I had this deep, deep desire to please him, this deep desire to live right. And it it was Holy Spirit. And the more I would pray and meditate in the Spirit of God, the more that this thing would ramp up in my life. And the favor of God would be upon me, even as a teenager when, when this first started going on in my life. And so I really want to encourage people who are listening today that there has been a great attack on um, praying in the Spirit praying in other tongues, depending on which phrase that you use. And people, they kind of want to back away because it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of, you know, really. But when you look at the world and their take on spirituality, they'll use Ouija boards and believe there's a force moving the table. Uh, they will, you know, they'll take a, a a, a, a ring on a chain and move it back and forth. And uh, I mean, they'll do some of the craziest things. And I have seen some of the most learned people with degrees in awe of whatever the spirit world is and get involved in the occult, get involved in a lot of these things. And even the ones who don't firmly believe in luck, uh, they firmly believe in don't curse yourself, don't say that. Professional athletes, uh, they'll get upset if you say certain phrases. They wear their 
their special t-shirt. And although they joke about it, they firmly believe in a force outside of the physical realm that determines the synergy of a team or, or, you know, the luckier you get. I even heard one of our richest people in the world, Elon Musk, make a decision. The greatest thing you could ever have in your life is luck. Now, I agree with him because I've got God's grace. So do you. And it looks like luck to the world, but it's favor after favor after favor and the presence of God in our lives. And so today as we talk about this, I want you to understand that if you do not have this passion when it comes to serving God, you need to, you need to make some decisions because Jesus is a gift to the world for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, John three sixteen. But then Holy Spirit and his baptism, his infilling, him coming upon your life with the evidence of, of praying in other tongues, that is a gift not to the world. That is a gift to his family, to those who are born again. A second act of the Holy Spirit. And so many people, you know, they just stop right there and say, nope, I've got it all. But when you look back at history, at the moves of God in almost every denomination as well, some man or woman stood up and God began to flow through them and miracles and signs and wonders and prophecies and words of knowledge and a passion that was unstoppable. You know, there's a manifold grace that is upon us as believers. So when you begin to partner up with Holy Spirit, and so many people as well will think that, well, you know, I mean, it's happened to me. They mean that they had some kind of an experience where they were filled with the Spirit. And I go, that's fantastic. Now, what did you do with that? And most of them did nothing with it. And so it died out in their lives, and they're back to religion, a religious life. Born-again, Spirit-filled people, if they do not maintain a fullness of the Spirit, which we see in Ephesians and all through the book of Acts, that they were filled with the Spirit. And then they were filled with the Spirit again. And many of the beautiful Old Testament types talk about we can't be leaky cisterns, but that we need a fresh anointing. Uh, Now, the anointing in the Old Testament, that word uh, is, you know, unique. And in the New Testament, it doesn't use that word hardly at all. It uses filled with the Spirit. It uses born again. And so when we talk out of the Old Testament types of you need a fresh anointing, it's accurate as long as you understand that you have Jesus within you. And so all of his ability is in us. In the Old Testament, I mean, there was a specific anointing upon men to be a king. And if they would listen to God, they could lead incredible countries like David did and like Solomon did. Then there was an anointing upon the priest so that they could go before God and sacrifice on behalf of people, uh, which shows us praying and ministering and God using us to minister to others. So that high priest anointing. And then the prophet's anointing, which to talk to people, uh, thus saith the Lord, and and an amazing ability to to guide and to encourage people. And that's upon us. And so today, we are kings and priests. You are a king and a priest. What are you doing with this? Have you got your life so that you're just back to a religion? Now, religion is kind of, let's talk about religion from a marriage relationship. 
a religious marriage would be you get up in the morning, good morning, sweetheart. You go and you meet at the table and each have your own cornflakes. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day to you too, dear. And then after you both come back from work, how was your day, sweetie? It was great. And how was your day, honey? It was fine. Thank you so much. What would you like to do tonight? Let's watch TV. You know, like, and so, and every day this just happens. And it's kind of like people in religion. Kneel, stand, sit. Say your prayers. Go to church. It is a routine. And when you relegate something to a routine, that relationship is going to lose its luster in your marriage, friendships. And so when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you want a growing, changing relationship where you are growing and learning and getting to know him better and sharing and talking and experiencing things as Holy Spirit flows through you. And if you don't, you are simply going to become religious. And religion is awful. I mean, religion has often been taught to me. I remember my dad, he was a preacher, and my mom too. And you know that, that religion is, is just like a grave. It's like a rut. And, and a rut is like a grave with the ends kicked out. You're just in this rut. You are in this um, just repeat the same old all the time. And nobody can get you out of that rut. You need to. When you go to work, go to work with a passion that today I am going to, you know, if you're working for unsaved people, just today I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to look for opportunity. I'm going to pray for the people around me. And God's going to give me opportunities to see healing flow. And, and when I minister to them, it doesn't have to be, thus saith the Lord unto thee. Or, no, it just, in your chatting and in your visiting, the presence of God flows off of you. And people are attracted to you. And if you're religious, they will be repelled by you. They will want away from you. If it's all about a star on your role at church that you brought someone to church with you, and that's more of a routine, people will avoid you. But if you are alive with the life and the presence of Holy Spirit, there is an attractive force about you. And Jesus, when he would teach, they were attracted to him. I mean, in incredible numbers. Uh, they would come by the thousands and they only counted men. We know there were women there. We know there were kids there. So give each of these men a wife. And, you know, they probably had 10 kids, but give them just five. And you're looking at not four and 5,000. You're looking at crowds of literally 30, 40,000 people that Jesus would teach on a boat from the water. And, and, and why were they attracted? Because of the presence of Holy Spirit that was upon him. And it just flowed out. And see, Jesus was a, a human being. He was all God, but he was all man. And he gave up his Godhead. And, and it, not his Godhead, but he gave up the powers that went with it. And he became a man. And so it was Holy Spirit upon him that was flowing out and touching people. You know, Holy Spirit was omnipresent. Jesus wasn't. He is now in a human body. He literally, when he became a human, confined himself to a human body. And even at the right hand of the Father is Jesus in a human body. But Holy Spirit was released onto this earth. So when Jesus walked, and he was the only one really that was had Holy Spirit on him like that, oh man, people were attracted. And today, every born-again believer should be spirit-filled. And as you know, 
nurture and grow in the things of God. And I call it spirit contemporary, spiritually alive with the presence of God, but contemporary and relevant in how you handle and deal with people. So if you are only alive with the spirit of God and you're not contemporary, people will relegate you to the, for the, to the crazy uh, pile. And if you have, are not filled with the spirit with passion and the power of God, um, but you're very relevant, you're just going to become another one of their friends who's kind of got a cool ideology and a religion. Uh, but if you mix the flow and fullness of the spirit with this ability to walk amongst people, and by the way, Holy Spirit will guide you in how to be relevant. Jesus was the most contemporary relevant uh, person that ever walked the planet. And so we should be too. Our churches should should be. We should never back away from the flow of the Spirit of God where there's miracles, salvations, encouragement. You know, there is something about a church that is alive with the presence of God. People will tell me that they'll drive on to one of our campuses, and as they drive on to the campus, they said, we just feel this load lift and the peace of God just come upon us. And you kind of go, wow, that's amazing. People will come into the church. Uh, a friend of mine who is a, a movie writer and just so turned off to religion. The first time he came into one of our services, he walked into the building and he said, I just sensed something so different. And it kind of scared him and he wanted to get out of there. But as they begin to sing, he just cried. And he cried all the way through the worship and praise, cried through the teaching. And then when he heard me give the, a, a call for who wants to give your life to Christ, he, I'm not doing that. And all of a sudden he looks and his hand is up and he talks about what he sensed, where the presence of God is. You know, it's like on the road to Emmaus after Jesus rose from the dead. And no one knew where he was. He was talking with two men on the road to Emmaus. They didn't even know who he was. And they were he was talking the scriptures to them. And then when they found out who he was, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us. Why? Because when you are alive, when you want something more than just dried religion and a bunch of rules, but God, you want to know him and you want him to flow through you. You can have a life so exciting, so filled with risk. By that, I mean, though, not where you're just dangerous and you're going to lose it. No, I mean risk where you get out and take a risk to walk across the room, to, to, to go and share with people, pray with people, but you do it in the coolest, most relevant way. And people are excited to meet you. Your life will change. And so I want to really challenge you to Holy Spirit needs to be alive in your life and you need to be filled and you need to stay filled with Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter five teaches us that in the Greek it means and it's the word says and be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you know, and, and it goes on to three things that are a sign of a spirit filled person, but it literally means be being filled in my life as, as to what God is doing through us, Sal and I and all of our team and families around us, it, there is no way to see what we're doing grow with television stations and churches and, and campuses of schools and, and to see them just grow and rise up and change lives if it's just about, well, I manage better and I lead good. Those are crucial, but they are secondary to a presence of God that is upon each of these things and that everything that we do, we, we rely upon Holy Spirit flowing in our lives. And so you need to know that you were not designed to not have this God consciousness alive on the inside of you. Can you believe the consciousness of God? 
comes within you. Think about that. What, what do I mean? I mean his personality, who he is, his quality. Jesus, we said, come into my heart. And within you is living, breathing Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. And that means that everywhere you go, there's a guiding. He's helping you. He's leading you. And his presence will heal. People will sense it. And they, they'll know it. And I often tell stories of people who would get around me and they would just, what is going on? Um, you know, I remember my, my dad, he, he tried to get into this um, psych ward where there was really disturbed people. And, and just as a pastor, like a chaplain, they didn't have a chaplaincy like they wanted years ago. And so they said, yeah, why don't you come in and visit? But they actually asked him not to come back because he would walk into this ward of, of really disturbed people. And it didn't happen with anyone else. But when he walked in, they would start freaking out and doing all sorts of weird things. And I mean, like hissing at him and, and, and saying gross sexual things and swearing and cursing. And, it just, and the nurses and the people who were watching him come in just to do in a chaplaincy kind of mode, they just said, we can't have you back. And I was surprised when he told me, because at the time then I was a paramedic and I was going into the same building for paramedic stuff and, 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 and to hear him talk. And I knew the presence of God upon him, the Holy Spirit, that presence of God to set captives free, to destroy the works of the enemy, to cast out devils, to bring new life. They sensed it and it just kind of made what was going on and made them, it disturbed them. Did you know that wherever you go, when you're filled with the presence of God, it'll disturb some people. Some people I meet, they look in my eye and they hate me in a second. Not very often, but, and, and I look at you kind of go, and I know there's a spirit behind that. It's, well, it's just a personality conflict. Oh, but who's giving that personality conflict? It's not me, you know, and, and there's something in them that just instantly hates me. I've had people meet me and try to kill me, literally want to fight me on the spot. And, and you think, well, how come? Because the presence of God is disturbing whatever spirit's behind them. And we know there's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And so, but as we are filled with his spirit, it provides so much more. I mean, in business, in relationship, in raising your kids, your friendships, going on holidays, your entire life changes when you are filled with the spirit of God. Because what is the spirit of God? Well, the kingdom of God. God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so this sense of feeling right with God, not no more guilt and condemnation, a joy that's phenomenal, a peace that you just feel so good on the inside. You can enjoy your kids and boating and holidays. You're every evening. You're not stressed out worrying about work because you know that God's on board. And, and when you're sleeping, he's not. When, when you're not able to be up on the wall watching over everything, he is. When you can't see your kids and what they're doing at school and out with their friends, the angels are. This confidence of the presence of God upon you is such a stunning thing. And I pray, we're, we're gonna, I'm going to do a second part to this message as we dive in how to get going and how to start and, and to begin back to being filled with the Spirit. But I want you to know that the Bible says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Not a dabble do you, but filled. 
And so in John 4, when it talks about getting born again, and Jesus said, it's like a well on the inside of you. It's springing up, and this well refreshes you, and, and with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. Well, this relationship with Holy Spirit is like a well, and you begin to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, which is the qualities of God. And, and they're in there, and you begin to be um, you know, peaceful and faithful and patient and self-control and joy and love. You can love and have joy and operate in these qualities, these fruits of the Spirit, that they just incredibly bless your life, your relationships, and everything in your world. But then he talks in John 7 about rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being. Those aren't to minister to you. The well of salvation is. The rivers of living water flowing out of you are to minister to others, healing and wisdom and love and joy. And, and this incredible ability of God, which is God's grace coming to you as a favor, when it begins to flow out of you, people are just touched and lives are changed and your life becomes an adventure. And so I really want to encourage you that you make a decision that I need to be filled with the Spirit. Begin to read it in the Word. You can go to some of our messages uh, on YouTube or, or track us down uh, in, in the church and begin to learn about Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, and, and then begin to read His Word. Grow in faith about it. And don't let anybody shut you down. My world changed when I was filled with the Spirit. And then when things aren't going good, I often have let that staying filled drift away. And in the Old Testament, it talks about a cistern uh, is something. When, I was, when we lived in Weldon, Saskatchewan, my dad, they had a parsonage beside the church. And they had a water supply that was a runoff from the roof. And it would go into a great big cistern that was half uh, the size of the main floor in the basement. And it was thick uh, cement walls, and it would be higher than my head, and it just held water. And that water would be used for, you know, a lot of things. And uh, so a cistern, it says, if it's cracked, the water leaks out. And it says you're like cracked cisterns in a places in the Word of God. And, 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 and you need to be refreshed. You need a new anointing. And it's talking about this day and age that we live in where you need to be filled with the Spirit and stay filled with the Spirit. What a change in your life when you do that. A lot of people will ask me how all the organizations that we have, how do you run them and carry that burden and have to raise millions and leaders and, and the attacks and the things that are going on. And I tell people all the time that, you know, when it comes to ability and when it comes to what's the load you can carry, and I call it capacity. Holy Spirit gives you a capacity beyond anything the human mind or emotion or will could ever contain. Because you begin to see that Jesus is the Lord. He's the head of the church. And whether it is the church flowing through schools or TVs or church meetings, but it, that capacity to not have a nervous breakdown when there's problems in every area and your home and your marriage and your friendship and, and there's issues over here, well, there's always going to be problems. But when Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Your capacity is superhuman. And I'm, spot, I'm talking to someone right now that you're crumbling 
under the load of staffing or people or problems or kids, teenagers and marriage and work and career. And you got problems in all, every one of those areas. And you need to know that a capacity to handle it all isn't with you. It's with knowing Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, and then staying filled with the Spirit, which is what the disciples did all through the book of Acts and through the epistles. It was crucial for them to do that. Well, today, I got to stop right there. We're going to pick up here in our next session. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, He died in your place on the cross. He went to hell in your place. He arose again with new life. And you can exchange your life for His. This great exchange. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. I accept this gift of a new life. And from today and on, I'm following you. Just pray that prayer. The exact words aren't important. Just Jesus, come into my heart. Let us know you made this decision. Contact us and continue uh, to find a great church. If you can't, well, just keep watching us either way and growing and learning and diving in deeper and understanding this part of you that needs to be filled with the Spirit to empower you to have such peace, such capacity, such joy that the world is attracted and wants what you've got. God bless you.